You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 804 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland coming to you live on a Monday evening into Tuesday morning. As a reminder for any new listeners, I am, of course, the host of this podcast. I also am the managing editor over at PeachTreeHoops.com. I write for Dime, etc., and we welcome you to the podcast today. Thank you, as always, for listening. Um, on today's show, we will have some news at the top here, a couple of Hawks-related, lottery-related things, and, and then on the second half of the podcast, I will take a mailbag question, sort of an amalgamation of several questions, and a little bit longer of an answer than some normal mailbag questions, but a little bit shorter show today and it's going to be just me firing away on this Monday into Tuesday. Okay, first things first, uh, the Hawks announced on Monday afternoon that Jamie Gertz is going to be the lottery representative for Atlanta on Thursday. She has been that the last two times for Atlanta. This will be, this will be her third trip to the lottery. This time around, the lottery is going to be all virtual, so I'm not sure how that setup's going to look, but she's going to be the rep for the Hawks. Of course, one of the owners of the Hawks and uh, you know, former actress, et cetera, et cetera. So she's obviously a prominent face. We will uh, hear from her as the media in advance of Thursday, but that was announced on Monday that she will be representing the Hawks on the lottery, and I wanted to pass that along to you all. From there, some uh, some actual impact when it comes to the lottery order of the non, sorry the non lottery order. The Hawks um, and everybody else in the NBA was alerted to this today, but the, the league announced that the non lottery draft order was set after Monday afternoon. I know for a long time, for I've referenced the number 52 pick overall, that's 5-2 uh, on, no, on numerous occasions on the podcast, and that's because the Hawks were sitting at 52 in the second round before the restart actually got underway, but now, after the seeding games and after the tiebreakers on Monday, the Hawks are now officially picking number 50, 5-0 overall in the second round. Um, as a refresher, that pick is actually Miami's pick, but the Hawks acquired it in a trade with Sacramento back in February. That's the Jabari Parker, Alex Lynn, Dwayne Dedman trade. And um, that is why the Hawks get that pick. Um, people were asking me a little bit as to why the Hawks don't have their own pick in the second round this year. And as a reminder, that is the pick that they sent to Philadelphia as part of the Bruno Fernando trade. So that's why that pick is gone. And uh, this time around, they have Miami's pick, and it's number 50 overall. The last time the Hawks picked 50, number 50 overall, they had Marcus Erickson at 2015 as a stash. Erickson's actually a pretty intriguing player, but there you go on that. And obviously the difference between 52 and 50 is pretty marginal just because of the nature of, of the late second round in any, in any draft. At a certain point, uh, even the drafts um, that you like, there's a, there's a fall-off point. It's usually around here where picks are kind of just thrown around a little bit with uh, not too much care placed on them. With that said, it is obviously quite possible that it could matter when it comes to my board or Travis Schlenk board or whoever else's board at any bump even if two slots in the 50s is a positive thing in an overall sense for the Hawks it doesn't necessarily change the caliber of player that the Hawks will be discussing when it comes to that pick but it does increase the chances that somebody falls to Atlanta that maybe is ranked like in my top 40 or in my top 35 usually there is a player or two that I have as top 30, 35 guys that fall into the late 40s or 50s. Um, that's not every single year, but usually there is somebody that I like that falls that far. And uh, maybe now that the Hawks are two spots higher, they can fall, they can sort of snap, snap up that, that player and get some extra value with regard to that. So not a huge change, obviously, but a, a two-spot jump for Atlanta based on where they were projected to land for quite some time. And obviously not a bad thing when it comes to the draft. 
Last thing on the news front is that a player that actually could be in play in that range is now back in the draft, and that is Arkansas wing Isaiah Joe. If you missed it, I discussed him as part of our wing extravaganza primer preview, etc., with Zach Hood earlier in the offseason, but Isaiah Joe pulled his name out about two weeks ago at the NCAA deadline. But as we mentioned at the time of that post-deadline podcast, there's still like a two-week window that ended basically today for college guys to still decided to declare in advance of the NBA deadline. And Joe is apparently the only one that's going to be choosing to do that. Um, his primary appeal is his shooting by a long shot. He is a fantastic long-range shooter. He didn't shoot a great percentage this year at Arkansas, but a massive volume shooter. He's generally regarded as one of the better shooters in the 2020 draft class, and I would back that up based on what I have seen from him and also the numbers and the volume, etc. There's definitely a chance that he's available for the Hawks at 50. I'm not sure, like, fit-wise, he's not, you know, he's not perfect with his defense, etc., but I think he'd be a good value there. I'm going to have him somewhere in my top 40, maybe 45, but certainly ahead of where the Hawks pick. And uh, in general, I'm assuming, and this is an assumption, not anything that I based on based on intel, but Joe leaving now could be due to him getting some positive feedback from teams when he elected to go back to the uh, back to college. Maybe teams were trying to pry him out, and uh, that's at least possible. So I'm assuming he'll be gone by the time the Hawks pick. But uh, as I, as I said before, there's usually at least a player or two in my top 40 that get to the 50s, and he could be one of them. And the Hawks could snap up something like that. But I uh, just wanted to sort of update the draft board. He is, of course, a, a guy playing in the SEC, so a little bit closer to home than some when it comes to the Hawks, and a pretty intriguing player based on his jump shooting. So put a circle around Isaiah Joe. He is back in the draft. Okay, without further delay, a couple of words from our sponsors today, and then we'll get to the mailbag question at the end of the podcast. But first, you want Chinese food, they want pizza, and somebody else is craving dessert, but fortunately there's somebody, there's something for everybody on DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is very easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with a new contactless delivery drop-off setting as DoorDash aims to keep communities safe. DoorDash is over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Canada, Australia and Puerto Rico. You can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants. Right now, our listeners can, can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the, Door, the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. That is $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget that it's code LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Today's show is also brought to you by the good folks at rockauto.com. And with the increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for chain stores to stock all the car and truck parts that you need. So why would you endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait forever while the person behind the counter orders the same parts on the computer, choosing the part choosing the parts and the brands that only the warehouse happens to carry? Instead, you have access to rockauto.com at home or in your pocket, and it's a much, much better option. Whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver, rockauto.com has everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Chain stores have different prices for pro mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but at rockauto.com, prices are the same for everybody, and they're always the lowest prices possible. The rockauto.com catalog is also very easy to navigate. You quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, the specs, and the prices that you prefer. rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or an account login of any kind. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliable low and the same for pros and do-it-yourselfers, so why spend up to twice as much for the exact same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and from there, you want to write "locked on" in their "How did you hear about us" box, so they know that you, so they know they know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. 
And to wrap up what should be a pretty short podcast today, as we sort of an extra show, I would say, given the news, I wanted to come back and talk about the lottery stuff, but uh, not a full-blown podcast today, and we'll have some more content as we get closer to the lottery and then immediately after the lottery this week. But there uh, was a little bit of extra space, and I figured I would end, up the, end the show up by tackling a frequent trade question that I've received in the last few weeks and months. Uh, listeners to the podcast, at least regular listeners, will know that I touched on like Donovan Mitchell and Bradley Beal and Buddy, and Buddy Heald in similar fashion. But this time, I got a lot of questions about Ben Simmons, so I'm going to go ahead and tackle that right now with regard to Ben Simmons. As a reminder, there is no rumor right now. Again, no rumor, and anyone who says rumors is just using the word incorrectly. There are no rumors about Ben Simmons. That's not been reported anywhere, um, whether he's even available for Philly, much less Atlanta. So I want to put that out there now. I have no intel whatsoever on him being available at all, much less with the Hawks etc. But people were asking, so I wanted to go ahead and answer and give you some feedback. This is entirely fake speculation, etc. Okay. Um, unlike Mitchell and Beal and Heald, defensive fit would not be the problem with Ben Simmons. He is one of the 10, maybe 15 best defensive players in the entire league this season. He was that good. Obviously, he was not always that good as a prospect, but I think it's real. Uh, Simmons is switchable and talented and long and instinctual and athletic. He's very, very good defensively, and that would not be a problem in the way that the other guys would be next to Trey Young. Now, obviously, though, offensively, he is an interesting fit almost anywhere, given his skill set. And with plenty of people speculating that Philly might be pressed into doing something, his name does come up, um, but he's not a uh, he's not a plug-and-play guy in his system. Obviously, there's been lots of ink spilled about Philadelphia and their fit and him and Embiid and Simmons' lack of shooting and all of this different stuff with regard to Ben Simmons. Um, but obviously, he's a player that is... Um, Interesting to build around and challenging, but also really talented, so it's kind of worth it in some respects. Salary-wise, he is expensive. That's worth pointing out. Um, he's worth it, but he's also very expensive. He's on a five-year, $170 million extension that hasn't even started yet. It runs through the end of the 2024-25 season. Next year, he's going to start that extension at $29 million or so, and then it rises from there. It's a lot of money, to be sure. I think he is a max-level player, in my opinion, so the money's not like a problem. And for the most part, his age is not a problem either with that deal, but it's not a huge value. It's not like you're getting this massive steal of a contract, especially with some of the lingering injury concerns that he has. Like right now, he's hurt, etc. Now... For the purposes of this discussion, I'm going to assume he's healthy because it's just easier and I'm, it's more hopeful and I hope he is healthy, but just keep that in mind. He's not like a lock to be healthy the entire way because he has had some injury stuff in the past. Now, the big thing with Simmons um, for most teams is that you do not necessarily want him as your primary half-court creator. We've seen that as a problem in Philadelphia at times but because he's not really good at that, like running pick and roll and shooting, etc. But in Atlanta... You have Trey Young. You don't necessarily need to have Simmons do that, and that's a, that's a, a point in his favor with, with regard to Atlanta. On paper, he'd be a pretty interesting and I think pretty fun fit offensively with Young and a partnership with those two guys plus like Collins at the five would be incredibly fun. With that said, I don't think that, I don't think that Simmons is a great fit with Collins and Capella because you know Simmons is essentially a non-shooter. I know there are some buzz that he could be a shooter at some point. He's not a shooter right now, and I think if you're playing him and Capella together, that gets a little bit dicey on offense. It's not like completely unworkable, but you would uh, I would say no one could argue that's a perfect fit in that way. Um, I do think that. You know, Simmons has functioned as a point guard in the past, but I think you want him to kind of be the only non-shooter in your best lineup. And with Capella, that wouldn't necessarily be the case. I think it could. I think it probably could work because of Collins' floor spacing and defensively, it'd be pretty terrifying to put Simmons at the three, uh, have that kind of physicality up front. But it's something to keep in mind with regard to a possible, uh, you know, 
acquisition if you wanted to get that far with Ben Simmons. Honestly, uh, you know, the price will be very high too. Keep that in mind. The best way to acquire Simmons might be a three-way deal involving Capella because Capella is not a great fit, etc. But, you know, Philly obviously has no use for Capella whatsoever with Joel Embiid, so keep that in mind too. If it's a two-team deal with the Hawks and the Sixers, I can't really see Philly doing it without getting at least two of the four assets that are not young Collins and Capella, and that is essentially Hunter Reddish, Herder, and then Atlanta's first-round pick this year. Those are their four assets. I think it would take at least two, maybe maybe three of those assets to get Ben Simmons. He is that kind of player. So um, I know Hawks fans hate giving up their core guys, but that's kind of the nature of the beast for a legitimate star. And with Simmons, that's what you're going to have to give up. It's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of value sent the other way in any fake trade for Ben Simmons. Um, I know you know a bargain would be nice, but if Philly gets desperate to move one of their guys, it's going to be a situation where they're at least going to try to set the bar high. Um, yeah, you have to give up a lot. That's basically all what I want to get across is that you, you're not you're not going to get him for like you know Kevin Herter and fill, and throw in. That's not that's not going to work. It's, you have to give up some uh, some actual stuff to get Ben Simmons. Um, even with his long extension, I mentioned this before, but he'll only be 28 at the end of the at the end of the contract. Um, so you're basically acquiring his prime. At least you're hoping that. And I know it's five years, but still, there's probably a bidding war for him if he becomes available, and everyone knows it. Just because Simmons is that kind of player, even with the fit stuff, even with the injury stuff, he is still that kind of asset for number for number one overall pick, etc. So I could go even deeper into this, but the whole reason uh, to ju- I want to just answer the question. I don't want to go like way too deep into a thing that it's not even. Uh, if there was actually a rumor. I would go even deeper on the fit stuff, et cetera. But the short version is that I'd love to see Simmons in the Ducker spot with Troy Young at, at the helm and John Collins doing John Collins stuff. That'd be a lot of fun. But again, have to give up a real package of assets to get him. He's a fit that I do like more than the Mitchell healed Beal type. That isn't to say that he's like leaps and bounds better than Mitchell and Beal, for instance. But I think with the defensive questions that I would have with any of those guys, um, Simmons is a more is a fit that I like more next to Trey Young, etc. And defensively, you know, Simmons is just fantastic. So you would love to see that. I think, you know, obviously Trey's defense is always going to be a problem. But if you put a lineup out there with Cam Reddish and Ben Simmons just wreaking havoc, and then Hunter kind of filling in the gaps, Capella's good too. Like that'd be a lot of fun defensively. Um, Obviously, Simmons is hurt right now, and Philly might be out of the playoffs before he's even back. So it's at least possible, I would not project this, but it's at least possible that he's not playing in Philly anymore after the next couple of weeks. I would not, again, project that. But you know, at some point, Philly's going to have to do something else. I'd imagine they're going to fire Brett Brown before they actually trade Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. But because people were asking, I wanted to go ahead and answer the question. And I would definitely be open to a pursuit of Simmons if I was someone supporting the Hawks and trying to look for what the Hawks should be doing. I don't know if that's going to be a reality, though, on a number of levels. But hey, it's a fake trade segment, so I wanted to go ahead and answer that question. Uh, I am pro-Ben Simmons. I think he's very good. Uh, Obviously, the fit stuff is a concern anywhere. But with Trey Young running the offense, his fit would be less of a problem in Atlanta than it would be a lot of places. And uh, because the Hawks do have a lot of assets to trade, if they wanted to go ahead and do that that fable consolidation trade, uh, Simmons would be a fun target if he was actually available. So hopefully, hopefully that answers the questions. I don't want to name everybody that asked me, but there were several people in the last several weeks that at least brought that up to me in various forms, whether it be on Twitter or email, etc. And uh, there you go on Ben Simmons. We'll see. It's the uh, long and short of it. Okay. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. A little bit shorter, as I said before, but we have plenty of plenty of content coming. We'll have one more in advance of the lottery, and I guess maybe more than that if something were to go crazy. But at least one more podcast before the lottery, and then one, at least one, maybe two podcasts after the lottery. So I have plenty of content coming this week. Please subscribe to the podcast. Please check out all of the work that's going on at PeachtreeHoops.com. Also, I was a I was a guest on the first episode of the Hawks Film Room podcast with Zach Hood. That's a lot of fun too. If you want more Hawks content, check that out. And uh, yeah, tell a friend. Listen to the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, leave five-star feedback, etc. And we'll see you all next time.